listening to the Couples Guide podcast. I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia. We're both licensed marriage and family therapists. And today, like every day, (laughs) we're debunking myths and delivering truth about dating, relationships, and everything in between. Trust us. It's awesome. Episode 116. That's so wild to me. That's so many episodes. <laughs> I love that you say that every time. And then I say every time that I love that you say that every time. That's like part of our new intro, basically. Yes. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I believe it. I believe that <laughs> I am an amazing co-host. I believe, I believe that as well. Well, thank you. I believe that you are the best co-host. And I believe that our third Little Nugget co-host adds so much yes. joy to our recordings. The Tiny Nugget is here. Tiny Nugget's here. You might hear a little gurgle, gaggle, giggle, and whine. Yep. <laughs> here or there. It's all, part of, it's all part of the new show. Yep. <laughs> um, and oh, wow, what a great representation of love. So do you believe in a thing called love? What are we talking about do. today? Is it love? Is it belief? What What is our, our focus for episode 116? I think what we were talking about off air is how or are how our core beliefs of self and about relationships, how they shape and form how we show up in relationships or if we show up at all. So if I believe that I'm um, inherently worthy of love, then that's going to impact how I show up in my relationship. Or if I believe I'm only worthy of love, if I've proved it enough, or um, if I behave a certain way, that will also dictate how I show up in relationships. And so that's why I think one part of it, like the core beliefs and schemas. Mm-hmm. And then the other part of it is how quote unquote should or shouldn't relationships go based mm-hmm. on those core beliefs from childhood mm-hmm. What was modeled to you? What shows did you watch? The media, et cetera. Like why, why sometimes we get upset with our partners because they're going against this belief of how we think things should be, uh, whether or not they've agreed to it or not. Yeah. <laughs> Most often they haven't. And so that it leads to a conflict like we were kind of chatting about. And the person's like, but you don't need to wait for this to be a conflict. Just tell me ahead of time. We're like, nope, you don't understand. This goes against my beliefs about myself. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, all of that. In- There's a lot in there. And I mean, I think we're probably going to be interchanging a few terms that are technically different, but in like the psychology world are very similar related, like depending on like your camp of theory or psychology, like a core belief, a cognitive schema, or like I come from this background where we think about the view of self or the view of other. Um, At the end of the day, these are all things that you're talking about, like mental constructs that we have and those mental constructs aren't just like a, a, a fleeting thought, although they can be experienced that way at times. But these mental constructs are all about, we have this sort of blanket understanding of either parts of who we are as a person in relationship, blanket understandings, these like these core themes of how our partner is in relationship. And then also core ideas about what relationship is um, you know, so that's the you, the me, and the we um, ideas. Yes. These mental Great way to put it. Um, you mentioned that you know that's also where expectations can come into play. Yeah, 
there i think expectations are similar to core beliefs but it's more that like the core beliefs we develop based on what we're taught and learn to expect in relationship and then there's that feedback loop of so that's what was put into our system we develop that core belief and now we're pushing that out as our new expectation so interesting yes. dynamic i mean that already could be a three-hour lecture just to explain those in super detail but that's our quick little version between you and me yeah. to get listeners that's up great. on the topic of what we want to dive into I love how you worded that also, because it really is the, I think our beliefs inform our expectations. And then in relationships, our, our expectations of others inform our beliefs about the relationship, meaning like this relationship's not the right match for me because they're not doing this. Or in the beginning, conversely, they're the perfect fit because they believe the same way I do. Like, I think this can be a very rich, in-depth discussion. Yeah. Um, I have a really clear way that I, and when I'm working with couples, get into this part of a relationship, which is I help couples look at their conflict points, look at where they get disconnected, we slow down, and we break their experiences up into thoughts, feelings, actions. Any long-time listener of the podcast has heard me do this, oh, yeah. any client I've worked with has literally done this with me. And part of that is helping people develop just like the ability to attune and understand their experience. But another big part of it is actually this piece you're talking about or that we're talking about today, core beliefs. It's to shift not just into present mindfulness of, hey, look at these thoughts that are going through my head in this moment of conflict. It's to start tracking the pattern, that mental construct, the core belief that might be fueling the disconnect yeah. moves. So for example, um, an example that just recently I was um, working with um, a client on is discovering that one of their core beliefs in their relationship is this idea that they are a burden when they are feeling something meaningful and think about turning to their partner. So that anytime they have a distressing feeling in their relationship, that core belief that if they were to vocalize that distress, they're a burden, then it just permeates their mental construct of themselves. Oh, I'm yeah. a burden, which kind of like leads into like a bit of an underlying insecurity of self. Like, oh, I'm some way like not good enough because I'm so overwhelming for my partner. Or my needs are a burden or my wants are a burden. Exactly. Right? My needs are a burden. My wants are a burden. And then also, so that's a view of that self that can also then influence how they make conclusions about their partner, the view of their partner, like, oh, I'm a burden, which means my partner can't handle me. Yeah. And so they're coming from these assumptive points. And then that can lead also then into the we part, those expectations of that. Okay. So in relationship, I don't share when I'm in distress, that's just going to be my move. And so that view of self i'm a burden leads to a withdraw move of i'm not going to share my inner world it's not safe for me to because i'm a burden if i a do burden. that it's bad yeah. and either it's going to turn a conflict which is scary or it's just i'm a burden my partner isn't going to love me if i show this part of me that's actually really struggling 
they're going to go, oh my gosh, this person is way too much. I don't want to be with them anymore. Those are those really intense fears, those insecurities that pop in. Would you say there's sometimes like an underlying fear beneath the belief, like if I'm a burden and I share, then someone will leave me, someone will judge me. Do you often see that it's like connected to like a, there's a part two? Well, my work is almost always focused on the emotion and right. fear and pain are the two biggest ones that are fueling relationship distress. Um, and fear is the one that I'll tend to look at first because pain can get into a little more complex. It's hard to like talk about pain to someone who caused the pain until there's enough security in the relationship to hear that and not get a fear like oh no or defensiveness anyway so to your question yes fear is almost always a thing that we look at and in this example that's one of it but it's also to the idea of core beliefs one of the things that we do as couples therapists is we try to find what is the useful core belief to look at because we have like a large number of these all of us we make these mental constructs to organize the world and how we live in it from day to day like a, a core belief that may not come up a lot in relationship therapy is do you believe the world is a scary place or do you believe that community is valuable and not that those are mutually exclusive but like do you live in that those those are ways that in an individual therapy you might look at those core beliefs those schemas of the world and uh, see if they're working for you anyway that's yeah. just a contrast and, that in couples yeah. therapy, one of the things that I do is help couples attune to the relevant core belief, their view of themselves, the view of the other, the relevance being, hey, what's actually getting in the way of the couple connecting? And it's almost always starting with the fear piece because it tends to be, is it not just tending? Is it always? It might be always. I have to go think about this for a second, but- if not always, almost always, it's a fear of vulnerability and a fear of openness and and intimacy that tends yeah. to fuel the disconnection. And those you can directly tie and understand through these core beliefs. You can go, oh, well, of course, it's scary if you're scared yeah. that you're a burden. Of course, it's scary if you imagine sharing genuinely with your partner and you think you believe that you're either not worthy of that share or you believe your partner's going to reject you when you share your genuine yeah. self duh that's really scary really really scary so you're smart to inquire about the fear piece and there's i think the feeling sometimes for me when i see it either like personally or professionally that fear of mistrust like a belief that i often work on again personally but also i see it professionally you know uh, what's art imitates life i think is the saying <laughs> that uh there's a feeling of uh there's two beliefs i used to teach this do you believe people are inherently trustworthy until proven otherwise or do you believe people must earn trust and it's not given unless there's been repeated incidences that you can go this person is trustworthy okay. other camp of people being oh i can't trust uh, or yeah, it's either I can't trust until I'm proven I can trust or I trust until I'm proven I can't. Mm -hmm. And I think for most people, the core underlying piece of that stems from childhood, stems from previous relationships and can also stem from 
um, th the inherent sense of self. Like, do I rely on myself? Do I have the attachment system that's geared towards only being hyper independent? Am I more desirous of leaning in and depending on my partner and then I feel shut down when they can't be there for me? Like trust is a huge part of a relationship. Also self-trust and trust of the partner, I think also underlies a lot of these beliefs, because if I believe this is kind of the trippy existential piece if I believe I can't trust you and that is the foundation I'm coming from, my relationship experience is going to look much different than maybe my partner's who is, of course I trust you. Why wouldn't I? Uh -huh. Like what a concept. <laughs> and that is usually a clash because the person's like, well, what if you don't? And they're like, but what if I do? Like, what if I do show up for you? And we're like, but what if you don't? <laughs> Five, 10 years in, but what if you don't? They're like, pretty sure I've proven I will. Mm, but what in the, I mean, you're not going to catch me slipping. You're not going to catch me on that one off day. Well, I love that you're bringing it to trust, especially because for relationships, that's one of the core pillars of of strength that a relationship needs. And trust is such a great example, which is I'm sure why you picked it, to highlight how to manage core beliefs. So I would just double down on that and say for listeners, if you're wanting to like look at core beliefs and what is a useful one to examine with your partner or for yourself in relationship think about this wonderful trust question that um, you turn to in your work, Talia. And I would add to that, be curious, as one of our big themes always on the podcast with yourself, about where your core belief on trust came from. Be curious where your partner's core beliefs on trust came from. And you gave a lot of good examples of where these things were shaped and developed, how these mental constructs happen. And then also be curious about, wait, so how do we think about trust in relationship? If I'm thinking that trust is about, it has to be earned before it's ever given in the first place, how does that then lead you to view your relationship? Not just yourself and your partner about where you're at, view like, well, what does that, what are the implications for that in relationship? How does that actually play out between two people, either when they're starting a relationship, when they're five years in a relationship, or when they're 20 years into a relationship. How does that view play out? Um, and trust is such a great, powerful example of that. I love it. Yeah, and I, from what you're saying, even like for me, the length of time that you're with someone is part of it because you have because you have so many opportunities, hopefully, to demonstrate or um, like prove or disprove whatever the belief might be like, oh, they won't show up for me. And if I've been with them five or 10 years and I could say 85% of the time, 90% of the time they've shown up for me, it's safe. Maybe it doesn't feel safe though for me to place a bet. I'll be like, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And that's one of the big lectures I used to teach is trust and benefit of the doubt. Do you give the benefit of the doubt only when you trust or do you give the benefit of the doubt as a way of being like, well, I just trust you inherently. So of course I view the world as all good. I view people as inherently good. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. But for people like me who don't trust easily and who've been burned a lot, it's like, yeah, you don't get the benefit of the doubt until I have five, 10 years experience to know if it's a fluke thing or not uh -huh. for me to give it to you. So being able to lean in and give your partner the benefit of the doubt, the trust to everything we're exploring inherently comes from do you trust yourself enough to make a choice in a partner do you trust yourself enough to make a choice in 
whatever it is, a career that this transcends it, but we're focusing on partnership. Do you trust yourself enough to make a choice that your partner will show up for you, that you've done your inner work, that you know also when to call it quits, when to push forward if you like them? Like a lot of it is self-trust driven. However, if we've never had that self-trust or we didn't have that modeled or taught to us, then expecting us to also know how to trust others or rupture or repair when a rupture of trust has happened, a lot of that can affect our core beliefs as well, I think. Yeah, I mean, one of the most, I don't want to go super down this road, but um, it's really true. complicated. But yeah, yeah, one of the most difficult experiences is when you have a trust breach. Uh, yeah. In, in my world, we call it the attachment injury, when a relationship yeah. is injured. And then how do you repair that? And the reason it's so difficult is because it can hit one of these core beliefs. And trust is a great example of it where if your core belief was to trust in one way, uh, this major injury can actually have you starting to question that and having some of those beliefs start to change and go, oh, wait a second, maybe I need to look at myself, my partner or the relationship differently now and then it's it's any kind of big change like that then requires examination of how does that change overall the relationship and then also as you're saying how do we repair um the flip side is true look at me being positive the flip oh side is goodness. true that have, i know i'm glad i'm sitting down the flip side is true that we could have experiences that change our beliefs for like the stronger like strengthen yeah. our beliefs of like wow every time i've asked for you to show up for me and you have maybe one or two times you missed it, kind of like Gottman emotional bank account. But every other time you've shown up for me. Yeah, well, I'm going to jump in while while you attune to the little one there and um, mention like, yes, there is this positive growth that can happen. It's one of the, what I think is so cool about the healing benefits of therapy in, I'll actually move away from the trust example to the I'm a burden example is that if your core belief is I'm a burden when I share, and then with the support of couples, or just if you're able to do this in your relationship, practice sharing, which is going to feel really uncomfortable and risky and vulnerable, but have your partner hear you, be there for you, soothe you emotionally and hear that, then all of a sudden you realize, wait a second, my belief is changing. I'm not a burden. I'm healing from whatever caused that core belief to develop, I'm realizing I'm not a burden. I actually am worthy and deserve to be heard in my distress. And then suddenly, yeah, it switches to the positive. And now this core belief from I'm a burden and it's a disconnecting belief can change into a burden of, oh, I'm actually deserving of love. And now it's a connecting belief. So I I, I didn't interrupt you, but I took that interruption opportunity to give my example of how absolutely these core beliefs can change for the better. Yes. And the beliefs that you have about yourself can also change for the better over the course of a relationship. If you're in a secure relationship and a tuned relationship, and let's say you think or believe you're a burden, but you do the scary thing and you lean in and you're like, Oh, even though this feels like I'm going to be a burden, I'm just going to share my feelings or whatever it might be that the person feels like they'd be a burden about or desires or wants. And the person's like, yeah, sure. No problem. We're like, Oh, that's it. Like, that's not too much. That's not too much to ask for. Okay. What about this? They're like, yes. What about this? Then we like ratchet it up. I think that can also be very reparative and healing too, 
when we go against our core beliefs in our relationship and give an opportunity for repair within ourselves and in our partnership, we can grow and deepen, which for some couples is the incredibly scary thing that they're trying to avoid because maybe true intimacy in terms of the word close, like um, definition of closeness is not something that was safe for them. They, they believed from their upbringing that type of closeness isn't safe, reliable, or dependable, so I'll just forego it. Yeah, which is a great example of a relationship core belief. Someone has, they're thinking, oh, closeness is not safe. That's their core belief, their schema, the view of the relationship. And I'm kind of circling back to what you're saying, or I'm kind of like repeating what you're saying in the other opposite Definitely. direction. If that's the core belief that maybe someone has had about relationships all of their lives, getting into a safe relationship with a loving, caring, and attentive partner can eventually, especially with some intention in wanting to heal that core belief, change the core belief. Start going, oh, wait a second. This feels really uncomfortable being this close to my partner, but I'm practicing this new thing, this intimacy with them. It actually... I realize is safe. We may not feel good the first couple times, like, oh my gosh, like being able to like be this close to someone. But wait a second, nothing bad happened. Wait a second, my partner's still there for me. They didn't run away. They're actually available to help me with how uncomfortable this is. And then before you know it, it's like, oh, not only is it safe to be close, again, counter to this example of a core relationship belief, it's you realize that, ooh, closeness is fun. This feels good. I feel strong and I like this safety and I love this connection. I love this um, love with my partner. And then before you know it, that core belief of closeness isn't safe changes to closeness is safe into, oh, closeness is desirable. I long for closeness. Relationships deserve closeness. So it's like, that's a really fun example of how things can change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, knowing where I'm sure there's a link because I've taught it before in classes. There's a link um, that we could probably put in the show. What do you have on your hand? Too? Uh, oh, it's on your onesie. That's why. Um, and on the onesie. Of what are the beliefs? Lint. Um, yeah. <laughs> what are the beliefs that you hold about yourself, about relationships? And it's beneficial, even if your partner isn't on board, like even if you're not in couples therapy, but you're listening to this as like, I really wish they were. If you could come up with a list of your beliefs and then you can start to share them. You don't have to be in therapy to share your beliefs with your partner is what I'm getting at. Obviously, everybody has beliefs regardless. It might be helpful for you to do some self-examination because that might help you also to highlight where some of the conflict is coming from. Why is this so frustrating? Or why do I feel abandoned when? Or what is so maddening about? Like, what is the core belief maybe that you're expecting to come true Like, uh, my partner will always be there for me. Let's say that's your belief. So naturally, when they are not there for you, especially if they don't explain why they can't be or or, um, it seems to be happening more than usual, of course, your emotion system is going to go, something's afoot. Like, this belief has been true before. Why is it shaky? Don't take it personally in a negative way, but do take it as an invitation to go inward and be like, huh, like, why is that so activating? oh, look at actually how nice that is. I believe that they'll always be there for me. So I'm having a reaction to them not being there for me. Then you can actually share it productively with your partner rather than lashing out or blaming or accusing. You can use this as, hey, I've noticed I've been um, 
irritated maybe is a neutral word. When the last few times I've reached out, you haven't been able to be there. And I spent some time thinking about what it could be for me, right? Taking ownership. And I realized with love, I have this core belief that you'll always be there for me. And so when you can't be, it kind of goes against that. And then you could either share like this is something I'm working on or I need your help. Could you help me by whatever, uh, letting me know why you can't do it? Not saying that you can and not following through, but I think being more explanatory sometimes can help partners or uh, because it serves as a point of like reassurance. Uh-huh. And I, I think a lot of what we want in relationships is reassurance that we matter, our partner matters, our relationship matters, our family matters, whatever it might be. The reassurance does feel good and it can be like a glue that gets you to those between moments if your partner has to temporarily like step out of what you believe about them because of whatever reason, some higher calling or what have you. So I think this this episode can also serve as a conversation starter for you as a self to go in and do your inner work. What do you believe or what do you believe should never happen in a relationship that might be coming up that you're like, I don't want to be in this anymore. Maybe doing some belief work to see if that could be informing your desires. Yeah. And what's cool is that this belief work allows for the opportunity for couples to collaborate on beliefs. I mean, inherent, I should mention that like, we are talking about core belief schemas, these views that are not just necessarily like, um, oh, I looked at a subject and I chose this. They're more ingrained than that. But still, by asking yourself these questions, like, hey, what do I believe about myself in a relationship? What do I believe about my partner in relationship? What do I believe about relationships in general? By asking that, it allows that collaboration to go, hey, do we like this or not? Or how do we, as a team, address that maybe we have different core beliefs? And then you open that door to collaboration. And of course, that's like Mm -hmm. my number one thing always about my message on this podcast and in working with couples is like, how do you find that collaborative place instead of when your beliefs are different and you get into conflict place? Second cool Mm -hmm. thing about being able to like actively take this concept and talk about this in your relationship from this podcast is it gives you a way to talk about something that is maybe mildly irritating. That's actually the issue Mm-hmm. not the thing that caused it as we always joke about it's not about the dishes in the sink it's about something else it can yes. be it, with your example like it could be really easy for someone to really focus on hey i texted you you never texted me back and now we're gonna get into like this argument about text time when really it's not so much about the specific texting thing it's about Hey, I have this core belief that you'll always be there for me. And that and when I didn't get that text back, that was hard. So I'm actually having a moment of distress about this belief and longing I have for relationship. Let's talk about that because that's much more getting at the real issue. And then if you're coming in collaboration, you address the real issue, that's a lot easier and much more fulfilling than let's bicker about text messaging for forever and ever in our relationship. Because we know when you address the actual core, the problem has a solution, like the wound has a salve or like an antibiotic. Uh-huh. So it goes away uh-huh. rather than just being like, we'll slap a bandaid on that. And then you really open it up, usually in therapy, and it's like this disgusting infection. And we're like, we're going to have to take the foot. Like we got to amputate. <laughs> you don't want to get to that point. Put, 
put the solution on to the problem rather than, like you said, fighting about the surface stuff. I'm not trying to minimize it when I say surface. I'm truly describing like visually. It is the surface on top what the real problem is. It is because it goes against a core belief or expectation or desire. Like I want to be, I, I want to believe that you will always be there for me might also be what it is. It's not necessarily that you have that belief. It might be the desire to have that belief about your partner. And then every time you go against it, I feel like I'm getting further away from this dream, not dream meaning fantasy, but like dream, like I've worked, I've mentalized this dream that I want my relationship and to come to fruition. And every time this doesn't happen, whatever, I feel scared. I feel like I want to pull away. I And this is stuff for your individual work, not necessarily to bring to your partner, unless you're both very evolved and self-aware and in therapy. But you bring it to them of like, this is the kind of stuff that makes me question our relationship. And I don't want to question our relationship. I want to feel solid. Can you help me to feel solid? Like even wording doubt in a way that invites your partner to help you get rid of the doubt is a game changer compared to when you have to word it as like, how most people fight when I don't want to do this anymore. I'm leaving. And it's like, that's not really it though. Like the belief is that you want to be there for your partner. You want to be reliable. You want them to rely on you. And you ideally don't want having partnership or intimacy or closeness to be a scary um, negative experience. We want it to be something people look forward to. I think that's why we got into this field in part. Yeah. Um, Definitely for me about being able to experience that joy and positivity that comes from the work. Um, just to lean back into your example about, uh, I love how you're, you were wording that way of saying, Hey, um, you know, can you help me with this doubt I'm having great, great example of where you're getting away from the, instead of like someone focusing on a behavior they don't like, which can easily turn into a blame behavior. Hey, when you blah, 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 I don't like it. That's true, mm-hmm. but if you are able to go below the surface, like you're saying, acknowledge, oh, yeah. I don't like this because I have this core belief that my partner will always be there for me, and this was a moment where I didn't feel that, so I felt some of that relationship insecurity that didn't feel good to me, so I'm feeling kind of sad, maybe a little hurt right now. I'm having these doubts, which are scary and painful. And instead, going to your partner saying, ooh, I'm having this moment, this doubt, can you help me with that? That then, I'm just reiterating what you're saying in my words, that then allows your partner to show up for you in that way Mm -hmm. and go, oh, there you go. And then also, what's really common, and this is one of my big messages to couples, is when you move away from like arguing about specific behaviors or behavior changes i.e. if you stop talking about something from the past or you start demanding something about the future and instead you acknowledge, hey, in this moment, I'm just feeling this doubt still, this core belief that's always there for me that I didn't experience. Now I'm struggling in this moment and you shift to the present, you're both set up for success. Your partner can address the doubt and reassure you in the present moment. Oh, hey, I am here with you right now. I hear you. I'm with you. I got you. And that allows you to feel success like, oh, yeah, yeah, all that scariness and doubt that I was having, I can feel my partner with me right now. Yes. A, that resolves like the main issue that actually addresses the real thing. And then B, once you have that and you're back to feeling together and you're not feeling doubt anymore, 
that's when then it's actually a lot easier to go back and look at the text message situation and maybe both of you be in a good collaborative space so that your partner can be like, oh, okay, I, I understand that now. Like, uh, I'll try to be better at texting you at a more timely fashion for you. And then also you might be able to hear, oh, yeah, my partner like didn't have access to their phone for a few hours and it's understandable why they didn't respond to me right away. And when you're both in that positive space and the doubts are gone and you've addressed these core belief fears, then you can actually have a really good collaboration. So oh yeah, I'm just kind of and going then you're deeper getting, again on yeah. what you're saying. You're getting to the root of it rather than yeah. the surface. Like you want to get to the beliefs because that is truly what will tell you if the relationship is is meant to last and in what ways is it meant to last? How is it meant to like, it gets you to the core of the purpose of the relationship and who that person is as a human being, their human spirit and their, their sense of self. Okay. And that's really when people can make empowered decisions about their relationships, if they should move forward, how they should move forward. If that person is like also unwilling to work on that core belief, like I'm always going to be worthless. I'm always going to be a burden uh -huh. that is also informing you. Then I make the choice. Do I want to stay uh -huh. and partner with somebody who it might feel like is actively going against me trying to help them or build their belief? And if they don't want it, it's not about you. Uh -huh. It's their own individual choice. Yes. Um, excuse me. Ultimately, I think it's this like really cool way of opening this door to a deeper understanding of ourselves and our relationship. And when you have that, that's not the end of the work. That gives you direction of where to work in your relationship. That gives you a, a tool to attune to, to talk about great things. And like you're saying, to make maybe some different decisions, either as a team and go, hey, we want to address this and shift it, or at least acknowledge it and allow us to respond to those beliefs differently or go oh actually yeah that's not really that's not really right for us or that's not really right for me so we maybe don't want to continue in this way anymore yeah so really really cool tool um really it's interesting i, I think as we're wrapping like i think core beliefs sounds like a simple idea i actually hope that this episode people listen to and get that there's a lot more to it and it's not like but a core belief is not equal to I made a decision about something. No. There is so much more complex and ingrained than that, um, which is why it can um, take a little more effort and practice and getting used to identifying these things for ourselves and for our relationships. Definitely. Yeah. What a good end note. There you go. All right. Um, as always, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you got questions for us or you want us to answer anything on the podcast, please shoot us an email at Ryan and Talia at the couples guide podcast.com. Yes. Or you can message me on Instagram at Talia Bombola. I'm slowly but surely getting more back out there. Um, so if you have an episode topic or if, uh, something I think I did get a message for somebody who listened to a previous episode and they had like a follow-up question or like wanted more had a different perspective we're open to that too Absolutely. we're open to your feedback yeah we can either answer that quickly or there's been times where that's easily turned to oh that was a great follow-up let's do another episode so happy to yes hear that too. We love it. Yeah. so again thanks so mm -hmm. much everyone take good care see you next time <laughs>